1: It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now.
0: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist-pumper? Good morning everyone.
1: (laughs) Hi guys. Welcome back. We're back. Taking (sighs) a little short break as most of you would know. Yeah it's it's been two weeks since we recorded. Um, Oh god. I'm I'm getting emotional. I know. Oh my god don't. It's okay. It's like my eyes are already watering. Yeah I know I can feel.
0: This episode's going to be a little bit emotional so warning we are (laughs) going to be talking about grief and death and We're both gonna cry, probably. Um,
1: We've missed you guys. Firstly, truly, it was hard to take time off. Um, But (laughs) you cry already? I I, yeah, it was really hard taking time off because I feel like I, when I'm going through stuff, my work is my happiness. Mm. My work is my one constant. Mm. Like I always know it's going to be there. But I think everyone in my life, (laughs) like, literally, forced me to just.
0: not do that. Um, yeah, Ronya and I were like, "We, you need to just take some time off mm-hmm. and not work. Just relax, mm-hmm. grieve, feel. Mm-hmm. God, he's like, you could just see uh, her itching in her boots. I
1: was like, no, I can definitely record this week. And then, yeah, the week progressed and my feelings progressed. And I was like, holy fuck, I'm not doing okay. Um. But anyways, <sighs> let's 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 just so this is going to be honestly really like Ashton and I just chatting today and like we normally have notes and stuff what we like you know want to go through but I think we just want to keep this pretty chill because I don't really know what's going to come up for me and I'm like yeah I don't open I don't even really know what I'm wanting to say or can say or like will feel okay saying but we're just going to flow with it and like
0: yeah well I think the purpose of this episode is to. I guess normalize um, going through losing someone mm-hmm. or normalize death and mm-hmm. make it feel okay to um, talk about it because mm-hmm. a lot of people, even people that were close to you, felt really uncomfortable to even ask you if you were okay. They came, they kept coming through me, yeah, because I think people just get this weird, like, oh, they don't know how to act, yeah, they don't know. Well, it's it's such a.
1: It's just fucking weird, yeah that's what my past few weeks have been is honestly weird yeah
0: how have you been? let tell well, everyone the
1: whole experience is very
0: you can't put it confusing
1: words. and like hollow and like very I don't even know and should we start by like explaining what's like should we? should we do our mantra first let's do the mantra of the week let's do the mantra of the week let's go do you want to say it yeah, I can say it yeah, okay this is uh Mantra of of the the week. week. (laughs) Awesome. I don't want to talk like sad the whole time. No. Lift it a little bit. Okay. This is our mantra. Repeat after me. I can hold on to the love and let go of the grief.
0: I can hold on to the love and let go of the grief. I can pay
1: tribute by living my own life in a beautiful way.
0: I can pay tribute by living my own life in a beautiful way. Oh God,
1: (laughs) me just like trying not (laughs) to cry. This to me was just kind of highlighting, focusing, uh, well, I wrote underneath that, that death does not break the bond of love. And like, I think that's what I've been learning over the past few weeks is that even though, you know, you could be grieving and someone's not here anymore, like love is, that doesn't disappear, like your love for someone or the love within you and your bond with that person like just because they're not physically here anymore it doesn't
0: ruin doesn't or cancel
1: that or destroy that so it's focusing on that and paying tribute to their life um and living living your life more beautifully and with more purpose and more um consciousness and presence i think that's what i've been focusing on like you know my dad would be pissed if i wasn't you know if i let this whole thing, you know, <laughs> oh <God>. oh. <laughs> you know, stop me from living my life happily and stuff. Like, I'm not going to let this um completely destroy my path forward, you know, so.
0: I want to I come hug you. <laughs> <hungies, I'm laughs> <hungies>. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think as well, like. Especially with you, you can take what your dad's taught you and apply it to your life more than ever. Sometimes, we it's should like probably preface what's actually like before. what's happened.
1: <laughs> yeah, I feel like people are like what the hell.
0: <laughs> so, if you didn't already know, um, Cardia's dad sadly passed away. Is it three weeks ago now?
1: It's um, two weeks. Yes, two two weeks from Tuesday. Two
0: weeks ago. Yeah. Um. Do you, I do. We know what exactly what it was. From, yeah. Yet?
1: So I guess, yeah, I can explain the whole. Yeah, it's better you do this. So, yeah, my dad has been, like, ever since I was younger, like, not the healthiest. He um, I probably should have asked mum or someone for the exact details of what he's been through because I'm not good with medical stuff. Um, he, when I was younger, he had a double bypass heart surgery, which is, like, very intense, like, heart procedure. Um and after that, he, you know, he, he was a very strong minded man. Like he, he liked to live the way that he liked to live. And I think he's opposite to me and mom. Like we're very health focused and like Harrison, like he loves sport. Like dad didn't want to have to work out <laughs> and he loved food. He was always quite overweight and he smoked and, you know, he oh. just ate a lot of red meat. Like he wasn't very healthy. And so after a huge procedure like that, naturally you would think, you know, someone would get healthy, but he never really did. It wasn't his priority. And I didn't, I don't think he really thought about the damaging effects it would have on his health long-term. So yeah, he was fine for a lot of years. And then more recently he started having, I think it's kidney problems or I'm not, he had to start getting dialysis, which is where, um, like a machine has to pump your, I think it's kidneys. Yeah.
0: I think it was either kidneys or liver.
1: Yeah. One of them. I know he was on dialysis and it's pretty extreme. Like you're in the hospital three, three times a week for a few hours and you don't feel good. Like his quality of life for the past, I'd say two years really declined and he started losing a lot of weight and, um, he he was just more fragile and his, you know, he doesn't, you don't operate as well. And All of that, but still with all this going on, I don't think he really prioritized his health and what he was eating and, you know, just everything like that. Dad was very Aussie, like true
0: blue, like,
1: you know, (laughs) old school vibes, you know. Um,
0: Like tough macho, man. Like I'm fine. Like toughen
1: up. That era. Like Mm. he was, my dad is 14 years older than my mom. You know, that's a huge age gap between them. So he was a lot older. Um, he, yeah, so he was on dialysis and then that, like, I've never been through that, but I just know, like, from what he said, you just feel drained. It's it's exhausting. It's, you know, that's grim being in the hospital three times a week anyways. But, you know, one thing that I respect and honor him so much for is that I never once heard him complain. He didn't complain about a thing. Like, it would have been – and I complained about so much stuff. Like, ow, I stubbed my toe. Like, <laughs> oh, my God, I got a headache. Like, Dad never complained. He was really, really strong, and I, like, admire him so much for that. His heart started playing up again, and towards – like, like a few months ago, he had to go into hospital and have this um, operation on his heart. He had to have a stint put in his heart or something. I no. wish I knew the proper terms for all of this or what really happened – But pretty much it was a really rare condition and a really rare operation that he needed to have. And they'd only done the operation, I think, once or twice before in Australia. Like, it's a really rare condition that he had. And there was only one surgeon that could do it. He had a one in three chance of surviving the surgery. So Mm -hmm. it was really a high risk. And that was when I think I started to, you know, realize that, like, you know, things weren't looking so good for him. And like I remember, like going to the hospital, and we had to go and you know say goodbye, and because he could have, we could have lost him in that surgery. And my relationship with my dad, ever since I was younger, has been really hard. Like it's it's never been easy. Like we've, you know, we haven't always seen eye to eye, and I'll get into that later. But he's he's been one of my biggest challenges in this life and lessons that I've had to navigate doesn't mean I don't love him but fuck it was <laughs> it was hard and like so going to the hospital uh, to you know possibly say goodbye to someone that I still have so much unfinished business with was so daunting and like I'll never forget how anxious I felt going in there. I didn't know what to say like I didn't know how to act like d- managing that whole thing is so uncomfortable and like
0: nothing can, can prepare you for that
1: yeah. And like for more, like a bit of backstory, like my parents have been divorced for like over 10 or 15 years or 14 years or something. And that was a really toxic, like, you know, marriage and I grew up around that and stuff. And so here's me, my brother and my mom who like, we're never normally all in the same room together, all going to the hospital, like say goodbye to my dad. It was just very uh, weird. And my, my dad, as I said, was very strong. He, he was in complete denial. He was sick. He was like the strongest person. He's like, Oh, I'll be right. You know, like we're sitting around at the hospital bed, like, Oh, how are you feeling? Like, you know, it's all going to go well and you're going to be fine. And I guess naturally you'd think that we'd be having a conversation. Like he'd be there going, I'm so proud of you kids. And like, you know, I love you a lot. And like, you know, we're reminiscing, but it was none of that. It was very dry. And it was very like, I think he was just in denial that the whole thing was happening and it was just strong. He was like, I'm not going to admit this to myself that anything's wrong. And any, anyways, I'm I'm getting off track. But pretty much, it was just really hard, that whole situation. I didn't say what I wanted to say. Um, I wish I said, you know, to him, like, this is how I feel, and this is what I want to work on, and this is I love you, and like, cause I really distanced myself for a lot of years from him, um, which I know everyone online is always like where's your dad? What about your dad? Cause I never spoke about him. Mm. And like, I never showed him online. It's not that he wasn't there. I wasn't seeing him, but I had a lot of trauma to heal from with our relationship. And I think that's what's like, you know, made this whole thing so much harder and maybe easier. I don't know. Like, mm. but it's, there's a so much unfinished business. Anyways, my dad survived that surgery. <laughs> By the grace of God, he survived it. And like I it I took that as the biggest wake-up call for me because it showed me how much I loved him and cared about him despite everything we'd been through um, and that our family had been through. And um after that, I was like, I need to find a therapist so I can start unraveling this trauma that I have with my dad. <laughs> so I can figure out how to communicate with him because I find I found it really hard to communicate with him because he was so – like I speak in emotion and he is very like matter of fact to the point. Like he didn't have much empathy or very much softness. So he raised the biggest softie in the world. Like we were just complete opposites, you know. So I got a therapist – So I could start to unpack some of my trauma around our relationship and figure out how I could communicate with him. Like that was my goal moving forward was like, how can I have some kind of relationship with my dad? And like, I mainly wanted to do it for my brother as well, because my brother, like growing up, uh, when my parents divorced, my brother was really in the middle of it. Like he loved both my parents and he tried to like keep peace. Whereas I was like, I'm on mom's side. I'm with my mom. Like I need to protect my mom. And Harrison was kind of more like, okay, well, I'm going to protect dad because someone needs to fucking look after dad. (laughs) And like they had a bond, you know, like father, son bond. And I, it really killed Harrison how split our family had become. So yeah, I started seeing this therapist and we were doing like weekly sessions and, you know, we're doing, talking about everything in general, but mainly about my dad and like just the trauma I hold in my life now about the things that he said to me when I was younger and just the way that he was with me and, like, I guess us not being close or him not being very supportive. And I think now I know it wasn't that he didn't love me or care for me. He just really struggled communicating that Mm -hmm. and would tell everyone but me because he wanted to raise Harris and I to be really, really strong. Anyways, I'll get into that after. I'll just explain what (laughs) happened. This I'm so, like, going on the longest roundabout with this, but I just want to, like, explain it, I guess, because I've never – Spoken about my
0: dad. No. Ever. No. And like, I know everyone just always. Even just, me, I've heard it all before, but I'm here like literally just like.
1: Dad survived, like made it through that surgery. Not long after that surgery, though, he had a fall and he broke his hip. And we're like, fuck, like, this is not good. This is not good at all. Um, and that to me it raised more flags. I was like, you've got to hurry up, Cardia, like. I had just dreamt of writing him this letter. I'd always just said like, I'm talking to my therapist and I was like, I just want to like tell him how I feel and I don't know how to. Like I for years I just wanted to tell him how I felt. Like I was so angry and I was so hurt, but I also like wanted to do it out of love and I wanted to do it for myself more than anyone because I just felt like he never understood why I distanced myself for so long from like him and his side of the family. And it's not that I had anything against them. I just was so hurt from my childhood. Man, my goal was just to be able to write him this letter because I could never speak it to him in person. I didn't know how to be vulnerable around him. I would shut off completely. Um, So yeah, I had this goal and I wanted to write this letter and I'd gone to try and write it so many times. I think I spoke about writing this letter for like, even before I got the therapist for so long. I just wanted to write this. I wanted him to understand what I was thinking and how I felt and that I loved him most importantly and that I wanted a relationship with him. Um, so yeah, he had a fall and he broke his hip and I was like, okay, you've got to hurry up. Like it's time, like start taking this seriously. And within this whole time since my dad's surgery, I, this is probably the most I've seen him in the past few years. Like we started seeing each other a lot more and like having dinners and lunches and stuff with my brother. And it was like, no, it was just nice. Like we could all be in the one room and everything was fine. And I was like, oh my God, like, you know, there's this potential here. And I, I accepted that he'd never fully get me, but I was like, I'm doing my part by just being here and, I'm showing up and I'm being his daughter and, you know, I call him more often and try to send more check-in text messages more often. So, um, yeah, but then uh, a few weeks after the hip, it was then he had a heart attack. Like, he literally was not well, but he wouldn't accept it. Like, I remember I was telling you, like, a week, the day he had the heart attack, he had come down to the Gold Coast to look at an apartment. He wanted to buy this, like, beach apartment. (laughs) And we're all so confused. Like he's not well. Why is he acting like he's fine? Like why is he looking to buy an Buying apartment? Buying a house is a big deal. <laughs> he had just recently bought this new uh, house in Hamilton. Oh, uh, sorry, in Brisbane that Harrison and him had moved into, and like Harrison loved it, and was they were comfy there, and then a few months later, he's looking to move again. And we were just all a bit confused. Like he's acting like he's okay. Like he's still in dialysis three times a week, which he would need to be at the hospital for. Like he was just acting like nothing was going on or that he wasn't accepting it or I don't know what, but he, yeah. So he looked at this apartment on the coast with Ed Cherry, one of my friends that's in real estate. And later that day, like he went in the morning, looked at the apartment. Ed was like, I met your dad, like blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh my God. How'd it go? And I was like, no, I loved him. He's hilarious. He's so inappropriate and hilarious. And I was like, yeah, that's dad. And then, yeah, later that day, I got a call from mom saying your dad's had a heart attack. And I was like, fuck. Like, is he okay? Surely not. How is he? And they're like, no, he's okay. He's alive. Like, he survived it. And at that point, he needed another operation. They realized something else in his heart had gone wrong. And he needed another operation and the the doctors refused to operate on him. They're like, it's too risky. And instead of anyone telling us like how bad it was, he, I don't think really told Harrison how bad it was. Like no one really told me like, you know, everyone just said it's fine. Like, and we all kind of thought that, you know, there was longer. And I certainly thought that he had longer because no one told us because, He didn't want us to know, I guess. Mm. Like, I don't really know what was going through
0: his fucking head. But it's. If he, like, got told that, you know, we can't operate and there's nothing more we can do, he probably just thought, you know, I'm just going to, I don't want to stress him out more if there's nothing.
1: I don't know. Like, I don't know what communication happened. But, like, I thought it was, like, at that point, like, okay, this is bad. Mm. But then everyone's kind of like. I was just acting normal. So I was like, okay, well it's fine. I've got a bit longer. You know, I've got longer to sort this out. Or I don't even know what I was thinking. Like I was just terrified to communicate with him, which is like, I don't know. It's so stupid, but I cared so much. Like so I was in therapy. That's why I was doing this. So, anyways, that happened and then it's fine. He's he's fine, you know? Mm-hmm. And a few days later I it was
0: just crazy how like I found out the whole thing happened. Like it was, it was too much of a coincidence to be a coincidence. Like if that makes sense, like Cardia was on a, she was on a walk and, um, she forgot she had a phone appointment with her therapist. Is that right?
1: Yeah. Like I was like on the, like, I was like, cause I always forget on Tuesdays that I've got it, but it was because Day- of daylight savings oh yeah that's right I went on a walk early thinking oh i'll go on this walk and i'll zoom home and do my session with fiona my therapist via zoom because she's in sydney and remember she texted me on this walk i was like sorry darling i'll be like five minutes and i was like fuck i'm gonna have to just pay for this and cancel last minute because like i'm not at home i was like i'm so sorry i forgot daylight savings like blah 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 and she was like that's fine. Do you still want to just do it on phone call? And I was like, oh, not really. But I just, something was like, yep, take the call. Like, just do it. Why not? Like have Mm -hmm. a chat to her. It was, I hadn't spoken to her since my dad's heart attack. So I wanted to like update her on that. And I was, you know, I had planned to talk to her about dad. And anyways, I take her call and I'm on this walk and I'm like, you know, 20 minutes into the session, I'm talking and I told her about dad and she was like, okay, like obviously things are getting bad. And I was like, yep. She was like, I think it's time. You need to write this letter. And I was like, yeah, I'm ready. And she goes, okay, well, what do you want to, what do you want to say in the letter? And I was like vocally saying to her, I'd say this, I'd say this. And I said to her, like, I think I need to just dot point. I was like, I've had this revelation. Like he doesn't speak in emotions. Mm -hmm. He needs matter of fact, to the point, like my dad was really dyslexic, like words aren't his thing. He doesn't get it. So I was like to her, like, I need to make it as simple as possible. She was like, I agree. Like just dot point it. So I'm literally speaking out my dot points to her. I want to tell him this and I want to say like, I forgive you and I love you. And I'm vocally saying all of this stuff. And then as I'm like nearing the end of my list I'm walking and I'm down in Carumba and I'm right near the beach where I used to live. And my mom starts calling me over and over again. And I was like, oh my God, like, what does she want? Like text her and I was like, mom, I'm on my therapy call. Can I call you back? And she goes, no, it's urgent. And so I said to Fiona, like, hey, um, my mom's calling me. And she said, it's urgent. Can I call you back? Like, I think something's happened with Harrison or dad. And she was like, oh my God, of course. So I hang up. Mom calls me and she's like, cart, cart, like, and I'm like, oh no no no! I was like, what's what's going on? And she was like, your brothers just called me, and and uh, I think your dad. And then Harrison starts calling me. I was like, Harrison's calling me. Like, what what's going on? And she goes, take Harrison's call. So she hangs up, and I take Harrison's call. And I was like, what are you okay? What's going on? And he's crying, and he's like, Baba, because my dad and brother would always call me Baba, and he's like, Dad, I'm. I've come into dad's room and I honestly don't even fucking remember what he said. I think I blacked out. Like he just pretty much said, dad's not breathing. Like I'm sitting next to him and like the fact that my brother found him just kills me. Like Mm -hmm. that's just the hardest thing of it all. I think like that he was the one, you know, but I'm so like happy that it was at home. Like dad was at home and in peace and, and all of that. But yeah, Harrison was like, Um, yeah dad's gone and I was just like I think my legs like I just remember them just like (laughs) like pain just like split up my legs and I just like couldn't believe it. it just felt like and then everything stopped and I was like I just felt like a clock just it's like my time was up and I had no choice and no say and like it was just felt so unfair and I can't even I don't even know, but I was literally at the beach and I just like bolted because I was like, I'm going to vomit. And so I like bolted down to the beach and just sat there on the phone to my brother and I was literally having a panic attack. And my brother's just, he was amazing. Like he was calming me down (laughs) and he was sitting there with my dad and like he was like, just breathe, just breathe. Like it's okay, it's okay. Like I just felt guilt. Like that's all. Like Mm -hmm. I think... Immediate guilt and like I felt stupid that I took so long
0: to you stupid though but I don't want to take that away from you no feeling stupid it's just it yeah I felt like healing there's no like it's it can take five months. It can take five years, like healing from trauma. There's no, you can't put a timeline on it. So I think that was a hard thing is that you were fighting against a timeline. Yeah. And you still didn't know what when the end was, but you knew it was soon. So it was like, you're trying to hurry up this like healing mm. process, but then you also are like.
1: I needed yeah. so long because I was so hurt. I mean, you would understand, you've it's got your own um, issues with your dad as mm-hmm. well. And like, you wish you could speed it up. Yeah. <laughs> But there's so much damage and hurt. You don't even know how to
0: navigate it. And when you're the only one doing the work, like both of us are in therapy for it and they're not. So it's just really hard because if they were in therapy with us, it would be a lot yeah. quicker. But we're having to mm. do all the and we're work. And <laughs> we're the kid.
1: Yeah. So I think, yeah, I was on the beach and I was just like – <laughs> panic, panic. Like everyone's looking at me like, are you okay? And I was like, <laughs> and like Harrison was, yeah, incredible. And he has been so incredible. Like my brother lived with my dad for the past few years and pretty much has been his caretaker. 24-7. Dealing with my dad is a lot. And like, um Harrison was dealing with all of his own mental health issues. And my dad never understood that and didn't understand why he'd be sad a lot of the time or Mm. struggling or moody or whatever. Like watching your own, like your own family member, like slowly get sicker. I didn't have to witness that, Mm. you know, I would just see him here and there. Harrison like
0: day, day so fucking
1: strong. And like then to be on the phone...
0: With me calming me down.
1: Like I was like, you're amazing. Um,
0: Adrenaline just must have like kicked into him or like yeah. just this like, I have to step up and be the big brother right now. That's what dad raised him to be. It's what he raised us to be. Like dad really
1: instilled such an extreme work ethic in both of us and like I owe him for that for sure. But and resilience. Such resilience. And so like Harrison, I know like his goal would have always just to be make dad proud and so I know like that's what he's done he has stepped up so much in this entire process mm-hmm. um but yeah I just called I called mom she's like where are you I was like I'm on the beach like come get me like I was literally on a fucking walk like I'd walked so far from home like so mom came and got me and when I was just sitting on the beach waiting I was like what do I do with myself I've got about 15 minutes to kill here like did you call your therapist back? I call my therapist back <laughs> It was so funny. I
0: don't know why I'm laughing. It's
1: just such a you thing to do. I just was like, well, look, it's happened. I'm on the, I'm paying for this session. Yeah. Let's
0: <laughs> get the most out of it. <laughs> who
1: who better to talk to? I call her back. I'm like, Fiona, my dad's passed away. And she goes, right now? Like, what the? F-? And she just so calmly was like, he heard everything. Mm. And I was like, what? She's like, Well, he heard everything you said. You finally said it. He didn't – this is how it needed to happen. She was like, he didn't want to hear it vocally. He didn't want to have to have that conversation with you. And I was like, yeah, he didn't. He didn't. And you were not going to probably
0: get what you wanted out of it. I I wouldn't. And that's
1: what she said. She was like, he wouldn't have given you what you wanted. You would have probably left feeling
0: worse. Mm -hmm.
1: He would have probably debated what you had to say. He probably would have (laughs) – Oh, God. Like, what was I thinking? He'd turn around and be like, I get it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I love you. You're right. She, yeah, was like, he heard everything you said. Like, when someone's passing over, that's when you can they can hear everything. They're still here. Their spirit's there. And, like, the craziest thing, because everyone, you know, everyone knows my number's 44. If you don't know, my number's 44. <laughs> it's like my angel number, and I see it all the time. But I'll see it back to back to back mm. right before something amazing's out to happen or a warning. Mm. And on this walk, so the whole weekend before this fucking walk, I'm like oh my god, it's something great. I'm 44 everywhere I'm on track. I'm on track and then on this walk it was like one car, next car, next car. Everyone's 44 and I was like, "Oh my god, what's going on?" So that's what was happening right before I found out as well. So she was right and I like I trust that this is how dad – she was like, this is how your dad wanted it to be. He's orchestrated it this way and you just have to trust. And I was like,
0: oh, my God. The timing of it all is just unbelievable. Like you were vocalizing what you wanted to say to him and then it's like he then felt at peace to go.
1: Yeah. And it the the thing that, you know, and I, this I have to tell myself because definitely the first two weeks – well, it's just two weeks, but for the past two weeks, all that my ups and downs have been is like, I'll be okay. And then I get hit with this guilt. Like, but you didn't try more. Like you didn't do better. You could have said this to him. You put it off for so long. Like you weren't good enough. Like you were selfish and like all the guilt comes up. And then I just feel like the worst person in the world. And like, it's hard because there's just so much I wanted to say. and like you know i wanted i really wanted to have a relationship with him like that's all like you know you mm. would
0: relate yeah like yeah i think that's why when i was seeing you go through this process i was like i was trying to think if my dad passed like i would definitely feel the same mm. but i know for sure that like and i think we both can relate to this and i kept saying it to you like we didn't enjoy spending time with our dads because we were so different to them and the way they made us feel wasn't very good. So whether it's family or not, I don't think that you would want to spend majority of your time around someone that doesn't make you feel good. Yeah. And I think that gives you a bit of comfort knowing like I did the best I could with my circumstances, like those were the cards you were dealt and you've been in therapy, you have tried. He doesn't even – he might not see how hard you've tried. Yeah. But you've you've been trying and you're the child as well. So I think you've done more than he ever did in in terms of like trying to repair the relationship that he damaged.
1: I know for like he would try and reach out a lot over the years that I distanced myself. But any time that I would go see him, it would just be like, the same thing. Like he'd be talking about my mum in a negative way or like Mm. just a very negative person. and Always trying to bring others down and blame everyone else. It was
0: never them. That was the problem. No,
1: and very narcissistic and stuff. So I was actually proud of myself when I was younger, when I distanced myself because I was like, yep, you're family, but you make me feel not great being around you. And like hopefully later in life I can be around you, but I needed to like – heal from that and I needed to deal with my parents' divorce and, like, my own life and my own career. Like, I wanted to
0: be around people that lifted me up. Um, You were protecting yourself mm -hmm. and you were also, like you said, you would have done yourself more damage if you stuck around because that would have been more trauma added to the trauma that was already there. Like, it just would have kept being a vicious cycle and, like, it would have been harder. You probably... Would have never, ever wanted to repair it with him if you had kept going.
1: hundred percent. I would have just, yeah, hated him. Resent. When, which instead I took that time and I ended up simmering down a lot more and that's why it sucks that it's happened. It happened that quickly, randomly, right before. It wasn't quick or random to be honest. Well, it was quick. It was very like blindsiding because we, as I said, no, like the severity wasn't really like very brought honest. to our attention, Um which – Logically, I should have just thought, well, yeah, he's
0: a heart attack. Like that's pretty severe. But um, but sometimes we go into denial like ourselves. Like we want to think everything's going to be okay. He's denying
1: it. So that's the energy that we're all going to operate on. Then yeah. like, oh, you're
0: fine. Like, okay. Yeah. Um, but
1: it's more just I think now living with um, like that thought of like, well, I didn't know you very well. And like I know you but not really and like you're never gonna you know like last night because for you you know like over the weekend I've been good and like the weekend of when it happened I just snapped into some kind of like numbness mm-hmm. not even numbness but I just really wanted to surround myself with friends and I wanted to be distracted and like I just didn't want to fall
0: into like a depressive hole about it so like because you did allow yourself to for those first few days yeah. you just cried and cried and stayed at home and you did do that and you were just like dad wouldn't want me to keep doing this like he'd want me to be like living my life still to a certain degree and working hence why we're in here
1: recording (laughs) yeah but also like I know this could help so many people talking about this yeah um but I yeah, it was I've been really good for the past few days. Like I had a really nice weekend, past two weekends with friends and by the beach and all of that. Um, and yesterday, well, Monday and Tuesday, because it's when it's Thursday right now, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I just like have been at home not really doing much because I was like, okay, you've been on a high, like you need to let yourself chill. I kept thinking, I feel normal again. Oh my God, I feel normal again. Like this is so weird. Like am I okay? Like, why am I not grieving still? Boom. Last night, sitting there, holy moly, like floodgates opened again. And you start having all those thoughts like, oh, like what, when people say like, oh, what do your parents do for work? And I Mm -hmm. have to say, oh, my mom does this. My dad passed away. Like dealing with like just these little random things in life. Like, oh, like, what you, what's 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 dad's name? Christmas times what? coming on Christmas, like all these things. Father, like dealing with those little things is like the weird triggers. And then mm-hmm. I started thinking, oh my god, like my dad's never going to meet my kids. Mm-hmm. Like never going to see, never going to have, never going to have him walk me down the aisle. Like all these little things that you don't even like think about. That obviously, I'll I'll try and be like strong. Like oh, I don't care. Like I don't care. But then. It's like I do. And like I always wanted, I did want to have him around for those moments, even if our relationship was, you know, not the best. Like he's still my dad and he was my dad. And like I don't think I was telling you, or like I was looking through all these photos of my dad when he was younger and I was like, wow. You have the same eyes. We have the same and we were the same.
0: (laughs) Even the way you posed, like you both just stood there. (laughs) like it was like a mini me it
1: was and i think that's the weirdest thing about us despite i didn't have as many of his like negative traits I, traits i can be really savage sometimes and like i get angry like he did sometimes but i no no one as bad i'm a lot softer but his the way he would vocalize himself and make himself present in a room i was like we were twins and the weirdest thing about i think having a Jolted relationship with someone is often they're your mirror.
0: Yeah, Mm. I think that one of the hardest things about losing a parent, or yeah, especially a parent. Not that I've gone through it, but it's the fact that we have so much memory in our body of them. So, like for example, you look in the mirror and you're like, "Oh my god, I have his eyes." Mm -hmm. Like you're constantly reminded of them. Like they are a part of you. Mm -hmm. And I just think that there's. Two different types of grieving, I guess. Like, there's the type where they've been in your life so much and you have so many memories. And when they're gone, they leave this big hole in your life. Mm -hmm. Or there's the other side where it's like, kind of where you're sitting, where it's like, it could have been this, or like, I wish I did this. And it's like, you, they're such a big part of you, but you feel like you didn't get that time that you wanted with them. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I don't think it's an easy thing to navigate. And I think that everyone is going to deal with it differently. But mm. can I just say that I've truly admired for how you have dealt with this. It's like you have really – you don't escape your feelings. Mm. You have really given yourself time each day to feel – not that you've scheduled it as such You're not that crazy. Yeah. But like you, have, <laughs> you just – you know yourself so well. You are so connected to yourself that you're like – okay, today I know I'm just going to stay in bed and I'm just going to be sad and I'm going to write today off Mm as a sad day. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you'll step into the next day and be like, okay, I've done that. Today I'm feeling a bit better. I want to take advantage of me feeling better today and I'm going to do this. And, yeah, you might feel a bit guilty for a second going, why am I so happy so soon? But you're, like I said, it's going to go up and down. It's going to be a wave of emotions. And that's what I was
1: really scared of people saying because – um, straight after it happened, like it happened two weeks ago on a Tuesday. And on the first day, I remember like shutting off. I like shut you off. I like went into like, I don't want anyone near me. I'm so confused. And then remember Eilish being like, You need to let people in to look after you right now. I was like, let me yeah. be there for you. <laughs> and I felt so bad that I shut off and I was like, No, I actually need the support and I need to be around my friends. Like my friends have forever been my family. I need them right now. And like holy the love I felt from everyone and just mm-hmm. such like your house turned into a florist. My house was a florist. It was like constant flower deliveries and it smelled so nice. <laughs> and like people that I might not have even been as close with, like old friends that kind of came out of the mm-hmm. woodwork just to be like, fuck, like I'm so here for you and I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And like, cause everyone knew my struggles with my dad. Mm-hmm. So it was like, oh God, how's she gonna deal with this? Mm-hmm. Cause remember before I remember when my dad was getting sick, I was thinking, I'm either like, I don't know what's going to happen when he passes. I f- I'm so terrified mm. of the guilt I'm going to feel mm. or like if it's going to spiral me and like, how's my brother going to deal with it? And I thought I was going to be a lot worse than I am. And mm. like, I am so, I've, I'm, I have i i am don't know how I've dealt with it so effectively, which I'm really, pr- I don't think mm. I've been this fucking proud of myself or something in a long time because it actually just shows all the work I've done on myself over the past few years and it's like you did all this work for this moment to be able to handle this as gracefully like as you have because like it's so easy to play victim Mm. in life when something Mm. really hard like this happens.
0: And most people's autopilot mode is to like kind of self-sabotage and like spiral. Yours is the opposite. You're like – How can I show up for myself today? What Mm -hmm. can I do to make myself feel better? Mm -hmm. What can I do to heal from this? And
1: like if I'm self-sabotaging, spiraling, like that's just going to affect everyone around me and all the hard work I've done like say for the podcast or for my own work or for my mom or my friends, like then they need to lift me up and I like I can do it myself and I can then just take the energy from all this love I'm getting Mm -hmm. Like, and that's what, you know, I really owe it to like – all my friends like you and and Eilish have been like, you know, my fucking rocks and like so many other people who have just been there but
0: feeling like I've just felt so seen and supported and like I'll tell you why because you show up for people so much. So when it's their turn, people are going to want to step up because yeah. they're going to remember how you made them feel when they needed you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is a legit therapy session. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, it's and that's what it showed me. It was like really was such a nice like universal payback mm. to be like you do like cuz I know if someone else was going through this like I'd be there every day mm. whatever you mm. need like like I think just and that's the funny thing when um people deal with like death or they don't know how to help someone and I think my advice if you have say a friend mm. going through this or someone else going through this, you don't need to do much besides just say to them, I am here if you need me. What do you need me to do? Tell me what you need from me. Um, I can sit with you. I can call you. I can talk to you. Like communication with someone going through. That's all you need. You don't need to do a lot. It's literally just saying, I am here if you need me. And like checking in, just knowing that people care. and Like they like, not that they are pitying you but that they are just with you they're they on got your, you they've got you they see you they're doing you. this with you and that's all it is it's just that communication like anyone that's come to me and just been like i'm here like that's that's all yeah it's just that's all you need to do and like um i think just being patient with your friends going through it just it's i think a lot of the thing that's been hard um is like i don't know how i feel half mm. the time so it's it's confusing trying to explain to people you Know, but what I was saying before I got distracted was I was really nervous how if people would judge me by the way how I was dealing with it, mm-hmm. like because, um, the weekend oh. that it had happened, I said, I'm having all my friends to my house.
0: Well, you already had that plan prior, and you, I was like, Do you want to cancel it? And you were like, No way, no, yeah. I want, I want to like. Be surrounded by people that are going to make me feel good right now mm-hmm. and I don't think there's anything wrong with that mm. at all
1: and I was but it's so weird that I was so nervous like obviously I took like two weeks off Instagram and posting which was so nice just to have a break from like that whole you know from serving others and serving others and posting and like and I remember I, we'd plan like for some of my f- friends to come stay at my mom's house with me and like we were just going to do a big cook up and lay by the pool on Saturday and then go to the markets on Sunday and like just do all my favorite things. And it was such a nice weekend. Like I didn't cry once besides, I remember on Sunday we were at the markets so and I think I was just a bit hungover and i had a matcha so I had caffeine in my body and I was like, Fuck. fragile." I was feeling fragile. And I just remember like, we got home from the markets so and I was sitting in the kitchen with you and I was like, oh no, Lou, like I'm not feeling good. Like I think I'm going to cry. And you're like, let it out and we just sat there in the kitchen and you were hugging me and, like, the boys were there, like, just, like – They were outside just, like, sitting there watching. Just patiently waiting for me to have a cry (laughs) and, like – But that's it. I think it's just, like, trusting when the sad comes up just to let
0: it out, kind of, Your body needs to release those emotions and crying is one of the most, like, releasing ways. so –
1: and for months before this, remember I'd said to you, I'd been blocking myself so much. Like, Mm -hmm. I'd just been, like,
0: weirdly – like, numb. You do this. You go through phases and you're like, I haven't cried in, like, weeks. Like, I don't know what's wrong. But I think because you're always a go, go, go person, Mm -hmm. I think sometimes when we forget to slow down, like, it's when we slow down in Mm -hmm. those moments that it's all going to come up. Yeah. And it's so good just to let yourself
1: feel all of that. But yeah, besides besides that, yeah, yeah, anyways, I was nervous. Mm -hmm. I keep going off track. (laughs) And I think that's the thing that I've learned about grief is that yeah, there is not one way that people handle it. No right or wrong. No right or wrong. Mine is definitely not turning to like alcohol and drugs. Like I... I you are an escape. I still go out and drink and like have fun, but I'm going out to socialize and like I just love food and, and like cocktails. Yeah. But I definitely don't do that mind-numbing spiral because I know it's going to make me feel worse. Like even on Halloween, it was Halloween this weekend and I was supposed to go to this really big party and... I knew it'd be a lot of drinking and like, you know, just getting like fucked up with everyone. And I knew I was like, future you is going to be feeling like shit on Monday and the rest of the week when you need as much like serotonin as you can get right now. So I just made the choice to stay at home and like Mm -hmm. not go out. And I felt so much better for it. And I've been more fragile this week. So I'm so happy I didn't do that to myself, but I've just tried to be as self-aware as possible. And I've been walking <laughs> every damn day. It's that's been my coping mechanism. I've been like doing eight to ten k walks a day. And she walks very
0: fast. <laughs> Trust me, you go on a walk with Cardi, and you got to keep up. Like it's like power. It's like Kath and Kim power walk. Uh, yeah, because well, when I lost all my weight, I lost all my
1: weight by walking. That mm-hmm. was my thing. It's always been my thing. But it, it's been so therapeutic for me because normally, like, uh, workouts are my thing. But since because my surgery, I haven't been able to like go to my Pilates classes or my yoga classes or whatever. So I've just been walking every day. It's like my non-negotiable with myself, even on the days where um, I was feeling really bad. I was like, if you just do a walk today, I would just feel like I accomplished something. So um, yeah, I think if you're going through grief or the loss of someone that you love, like it can feel so like you're literally at the bottom of a hole and like it's very isolating. And I think – My tips is just finding some wholesome, good coping mechanisms, like turning to numbing yourself with drugs and alcohol. It's just going to prolong the healing process that you're going to need to do eventually. Yeah. So, And like, you know, I turn to food a lot of the time. (laughs) So, But I let myself. Like normally I'm really strict on I think what I'm eating and like being really aware of what I'm eating. But (laughs) during like the first week I was like, I'm going to eat the fucking donut. Yeah. I'm going to eat this. I'm going to, you know, but I was walking and I was like, You're I'm not- still
0: let me just point out you're not like getting 12 donuts and eating them no. like I mean me and JJ did bring over like 12 <laughs> they 20 donuts
1: they brought over so many donuts to the house <laughs> I was like oh my god I'm gonna
0: devour these but like meaning like cuts is a very conscious eater on a day to day basis and then I guess in moments where you're feeling like you need a bit more comfort you're kind of putting that aside and going well I'm gonna eat this to make me feel good I right was, now y- but you're not overeating no. and you're not overindulging I just, not that there's
1: anything wrong with that, no, that too. I was just like I'm. this is a judgment free zone on myself right now Mm -hmm. so I think like if you're going through that like let yourself if that's what it is that you need let yourself or if it's like shopping let yourself Mm -hmm. splurge a little like you need to do what is gonna help you feel a little bit more fulfilled I I more or less made like a promise to myself that like my because when I'd be on my walks remember I told you I was like I could just hear my dad Mm. saying to me like Literally the day, two days after he passed, I felt him so strongly in my, like, air, in my brain or mm. in, in my conscious. ears. I just heard him say to me, like, get to fucking work. And it was the funniest thing. I was like, of course, like, because he was all about hard work. But I, that's we've been working at the moment mm. and we've got all these goals at the moment. And the last thing I want is for this to stop me from achieving and us from achieving our goals and kicking down that just because of this happening instead use his energy and him Mm. being on that other side as a you know like I'm very spiritual like having another angel on the other side let him guide
0: you let me guide me and I said that I was like okay, tell me what to do. Protect me, guide me, look out for me. Like show me the way, yeah. you know.
1: It's like when my auntie Wendy passed away, that was my dad's sister who was like my best friend growing up. When she passed, like I, I that's what I'd always ask, like guide me. And I would turn to her and when I would feel sad about losing her, I knew she was always there. And like if you just ask for a sign or like ask to feel them or to talk to them, they're always there. And mm-hmm. like I always talk to Auntie Wendy. Mm-hmm. So I did the same thing with dad and he was literally like, Knuckle down, get to work, do the things that no one else is doing right now, and mm-hmm. like put in your hours and like get ahead and like because that's what's going to make you happy. So that's why when I was like in that little period, I was like, "You have got, you know." I I estimated two weeks, two weeks to a month, and I'm still going really slow, like with work and everything. But do the little things that is your coping for a little bit, but then go back to your actual routine that makes you feel really good and mm-hmm. be strong, be like have commitment to yourself right now Um, and that's what I've done. So that's why like, you know, this week I said to you, I was like I'm ready to get back into it and I want to get back into it. Um, It's not going to be easy, but I just need to be real with myself and make sure I'm checking in and I'm not working hard to numb it, but I'm working hard because I want to.
0: Yeah. Like I want to, you know. And if you want to, go ahead, don't feel guilty for that. And I think as well, like it's really important, like, Do it when you're ready. Like everyone's Mm going to be different. Carts is obviously ready in two weeks and that's incredible. Some people might not be ready for two months or six months. Like I
1: called Camille yesterday because my manager, Camille, and she's obviously been emailing all of my clients being like, you know, this has happened and we're going to be late on posting and we don't know when she'll be back. And I called Camille and I was like, I'm ready. She was like, what the fuck? I thought we'd be out for the whole rest of the year. And I was like, I just – Work is my con- work is what makes me happy. Mm. So I want to do what makes me happy and, like, I'm strong. I can handle this. Like, I'm actually – I am okay and, like, I will be okay and I'm just, like
0: – And you'll deal with the tough days when they come. Yeah,
1: I'm lucky I've got that support around mm. me that – I can and I, I, and I know how to just vulnerably communicate with people and let them know if I'm not doing okay. And I think that's the most important thing when dealing with grief is you just need to be very vocal with people around you. They can't read your mind.
0: I think as well being on the receiving end, like not the receiving end, being like the friend that's there for the person. Yeah, like how would you, how, yeah. Like, what
1: what advice would you give?
0: I think you have to be like super patient and you have to be like understand that they're going through a whirlwind of emotions like within an hour like they could go through 10 different emotions so you just have to be patient take nothing Mm -hmm. personally like they might be crying one second and then they might get angry and they might get triggered or they might be you know crumbling like they're going to be going through that you just need to be there for them just hold them and know that this is nothing to do to do with you it's it's just something that you need to just show up and be there for them for and just love them. Lou would give me um, mandatory
1: 20-second hugs. Like you'd come <laughs> – was it 20-second one? Yeah. You'd be like, what did you say?
0: So basically what I read somewhere is that um, you have to hug someone for at least 20 seconds for oxytocin to be released mm-hmm. so I was like when she hugged me I was like okay I'm gonna hold count on. to 20 <laughs> and I would hold her and make her hug me for 20 seconds minimum sometimes it last longer in the I end I really liked I it <laughs> I love a long hug because the, you don't get the benefits of a hug unless it's for 20 seconds so everyone start hugging people for longer it embraced, feels good it was,
1: and it was like just those little things is so helpful but yeah it's like yeah, you can't take anything personally when someone's grieving because it's just not about you. It's not,
0: yeah. And, like, flowers and gifts are nice, but at the end of the day, it's, like, you just being there and, just like, someone, showing them love yeah. and even just sitting there, like, you know, sit there and listen. And and it is important as well to just say, like, what do you need from me? Yeah, because it's,
1: it is hard to communicate. Yeah. Like, that's one thing I realized, like, I wanted to just shut off and I f- like I'm good at communicating, but I found it really hard to just ask for mm. what I needed. And so when someone makes it easier for you, like what do you need yeah. from me? And Tell even, me, I'll be here. Is it or even give them a list? Is it this, this, this job? Yeah. I pick something up for yeah. you, or like sometimes just doing it and yeah. just show, and even yeah. if Showing, they don't need that. Initiative. But yeah, that's the main thing. Is like I think this whole experience has really showed me who I have in my life that I can rely on and count on. It's like it's weaselled out some mm. people, you know, and it showed people that just don't get it mm. or don't have the compassion or and that's fine that's not a, that's not that's okay but yeah. it's really been such an actually in such a sad time it's been such an incredible time to see how many people love you yeah it's like I've never felt so loved and supported and sad at the same time yeah and supported yeah I like honestly we we honestly could, probably could do two like we could do a part two part two of this because I think There's so much more I want to talk to you about, about having a, you know, interesting relationship with a parent. Yeah. Um, but I guess for today, like I just mainly like my purpose of this was not no purpose really. (laughs) It was just that I wanted to talk about it. I wanted Mm -hmm. to acknowledge it. Um, so then I didn't have to I thought I could just move forward, Mm -hmm. you know, like even I think everyone's been asking how how do you feel? And I since the funeral. Mm. I felt so much better because Mm. I had closure and I think this is something that for years I've wanted to talk about online, but I've, I've not, I can't because he's been around. the, The one main thing I wanted to say, like, before we, I guess, like wrap it up a bit more is that like, when someone I feel like in your life passes, even though I had, even though I had this like anger towards him still and so much hurt the minute he passed, all I felt was love. Mm. All I had left in me was literally like, I can't hold any more like anger for you. And obviously it comes in waves. But in that moment, all I felt was love and and forgiveness. And I don't even know. It was just the weirdest thing because like that's that's all that there is. That's all that we have. And it, it really is that. Mm. And so that's my goal is just moving forward. And, and I had to promise that not just that giving that energy to him, but to myself. Yeah. And that's how, and that's why when I was speaking to Fiona, my therapist yesterday, I was like, as guilty as I feel, I'm only going to hurt myself more if I sit in that zone. I need to just be giving myself love right now and remind myself that I did the best that I could. And yeah, if you're, if you've lost someone that you had a great relationship with, it's the same thing. You need to be kind to yourself and know Mm -hmm. that they are with you Mm -hmm. and like, you just need to lean on the support you have in your life and be giving yourself the most love that you can um but yeah i think we should do a part 2 i think
0: we should do a part 2 I feel as feel like well. there's a lot more
1: yeah. to kind of talk about but um i just wanted to let you guys in like you this is our community and like i it helps me being able to talk about it mm. and i hope that like this could help other people dealing with similar situations or mm. you know if you have a family member as well that's sick like do your absolute best while they're here to Mm. communicate because I know I wish that I could have. But even still, I know that it's happened the way it needed to and and he knows everything. Like he can hear everything and like, you know. He's watching you. He's fucking watching everything. (laughs) God, uh, he's going to see all the naughty things I get up to now. True. Oh, my God, I'm scared. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, daddy sorry, <laughs> like, I feel <laughs> all these eyes on me now, him and Auntie Wendy up there, like. They're throwing a party up there. Oh, Auntie Wendy and him would be fighting. They'd be oh, battling. They and, didn't get along. No, they did, but they oh. were brother and sister. Yeah. Like, it was like, you know, she was like my bestie and like, we had our issues. True, if she
0: was your bestie, then there'd definitely be conflict between. She'd you. be giving him a big
1: smack on the butt yeah. saying <laughs> <laughs> all these things, but, um.
0: Thank you for holding space for me, Lou. I You're feel like welcome. I've spoken the entire time, but No, you did a great job. I just, think the episode went beautifully. We were just, very we I weren't was, that nervous. We just you know I felt
1: like a little bit nervous, but more calm and like ready to kind of just really wanted to do this. Yeah. Like I just wanted to talk about it and let people in because I feel like I was holding a bit of a secret in my life for a long time, not acknowledging this like kind of elephant in the room. Mm. But and I I'm, think it's beautiful to see
0: people get vulnerable. Yeah,
1: it feels nice. It's yeah. like I have got this, like, pass, whole pass to cry whenever I feel yeah. like it. <laughs> And everyone's like, I just passed away. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, okay, this is my excuse in life right yeah. now, but not really. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Eilish is like, if there's one moment that you're going to be a little brat and fuck up right now that I, like, and we'll can just, get away with You can get away with murder right now. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> not that I'm doing anything at all. No. <laughs> I'm actually doing nothing naughty. No.
0: You've been like really good. If anything, you've been better. I know. Wow. Saying no to going out and just working on yourself. I love it. It's it feels Love good. your autopilot mode. It's inspiring. I know, just walking and wholesomeness, but yeah
1: um thank you guys for tuning in we won't do a quick burst opinion today because no,
0: i feel like it's not that fitting
1: <laughs> it's just not that fitting yeah i don't even have one <laughs> i don't have one either i also think we've been talking for so long um but yeah if you guys oh uh, yeah i think next we'll we'll do a we'll do a um, part two a part two and we'll kind of maybe talk a bit more about navigating having a difficult relationship. Complicated relationship yeah because you've got a lot to say on that as well and also yeah. i think we could discuss more about grief and maybe um ask some questions yeah. of you guys that you guys might have and stuff. But mm-hmm. um yeah, to finish, I just want to say thank you for all of the patience, the grace you've had with Willcom K and us being a bit delayed on our episodes, but also all the messages and the love and um you guys telling me your own stories about mm-hmm. your family members. Like it's nothing it's goes unseen. Felt so nice to um be understood. And yeah, thanks for just being amazing. Thanks for being there for my little sir. Thanks, guys. Um, but yeah, we'll see you in our next app, I guess.
0: Yeah, we'll see you next week. We're back. We're back. We've got. Um, should we say how many episodes we've got left? Yeah. So we'll. well yeah. We're halfway through our season. Is this episode
1: number five? Yeah, this is ep five. Wow. Well, yeah, we're halfway through yeah. our season. We'll be doing ten apps in this season. Mm-hmm. We think. I yeah. guess.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're gonna. I mean, the the year's almost over, so we're gonna stop just before Christmas break and New Year's and stuff, and we'll take a little break ourselves, and yeah. then we'll be back. The next season, I think, will be
1: we're like gonna be longer,
0: like bigger. Sorry, not longer. Be more episodes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're just finding our feet, you know? Yeah. We don't really have much structure (laughs) right (laughs) now. We're just doing this live. Life is like, yeah, we're doing the best we can. But get excited because we've got some exciting
1: guests in store. Really good things coming up. But thank you guys so much for listening. We love you lots. And we'll love you. We'll see you in the next, the next step. Bye, Cece. Bye.